Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here, we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So, sit back and relax and enjoy Paris good food and wine. Café, coffee, caféotheque, caféology, terre de café, terroir de café. These are terms, some of which you frequently probably already have heard, and a few which might sound new. No matter, this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine is all about the coffee renaissance that has taken place here in Paris this past, oh, decade or so. We'll be speaking with the matriarch of this Parisian specialty coffee cult, who is, in fact, the former Guatemalan ambassador to France. She and her daughter run the much-loved Caféotech, right on the Quai de l'Hôtel de Ville, just across the bridge from Il Saint-Louis in the center of Paris. Gloria Montenegro and her lovely daughter, Christina, have just released a book they co-authored together about coffee. It's called Caféology. And they wrote it not just in French, but also on a strict deadline that has the book out just in time for holiday gift giving. By the time you're done listening to my conversation with them, all of those coffee terms will sound like old hat. We'll also hear from Lionel Pinot, who is one of the principal team members of Terre de Café. That's a café that has quickly earned its cult status reputation here in Paris for its premium sourced specialty coffees. Lionel has a background in wine, which serves him perfectly well when it comes to tasting coffee. He'll explain more about that during our interview. So, as we coast into yet another Parisian winter and Christmas holiday season, snuggle up by the fire, or at least the heater, with your hands cupped around a nice steaming mug of joe, and listen in on how Paris became the capital of supremely sourced specialty coffees and micro-roasters. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find out more about our events and food and wine pairing seminars like Perfect Pairings Food and Wine by visiting the website parisfoodandwine.net. Hi, I'm Gloria Montenegro. I was born in Guatemala and uh, I was uh, ambassador of my country in France. And in 1000 and job and jump, I jump into a cup of coffee. And then I studied uh, coffee and I wanted to share those coffees in a particular way with the French people. And that's why uh, I founded the Cafeology, which is a new discipline, the art of uh, tasting coffee visually, olfactive and gustative of fine coffees coming from terrors. Fascinating. And what a privilege. On, on my right is Madame Montenegro, and on my left is Mademoiselle Montenegro. Can you introduce yourself, please? Thank you. So my name is Cristina Chiruz Montenegro. I was also born in Guatemala. And uh, so with my mom, we followed uh, each other in this uh, adventure of, uh, of coffee. 
uh, and so it's a family house, and uh, and so I, I've been organizing different events in Café Tech since the beginning, and um, yeah, it's a it's a family adventure. <laughs> I know that a lot of the people in town now, because coffee, since you started this in 2005 here, right, uh, on Rue Hotel de Ville, down the K Hotel de Ville, basically, you almost catalyzed a whole new renaissance of coffee in this town. Um, we'll come back to that, but you just released a book that you and Christina, your daughter, or Christina, you and your mom, <laughs> whoever I'm looking at, but, um, co-wrote together so why don't we why don't we start by talking a, a little bit about that I mean and I know you wrote it in French too so tell me a little bit about the organization of that let's go to your mom first we're very lucky because uh, the editor came to us and asked for a poetic book about, about coffee to authentic uh, uh, words and uh, free thinking book so that's the ideal we started, and I asked uh, Christina to be my co-author. So we wrote about legends, about uh, history, and then focused uh, since the beginning in a specialty coffee, the fantastic story of, of Erna Nunsen, uh, the, the birth of uh, CAA, the, um, how the producers are so enthusiastic with this new era of coffee and um, how it progresses little by little. Our goal to take all this specialty coffee out of the stock market and uh, how the, the, new, the new professions of uh, barista and roaster and uh, the taster uh, progress in this time is really so exciting. So the, the book is called Cafeology, and it is uh, absolutely focused in, uh, in this uh, new era of coffee. Christina, I know at your book release uh, soiree a few weeks, a just a couple weeks ago, you mentioned to me that you and your mom had written this in four months. I mean, you had a massively short deadline. Tell me something that you loved about the process, because that, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking about it when, when you were talking. Uh, and actually, it was really uh, a, a great experience, because we were together we lived that adventure together about you know all this uh, process of creating cafeotech and and all the the feedbacks of uh, our customers and um, the yeah the relationships with the producers and so we learned a lot of things about coffee in this adventure in these 12 years but having time to concentrate in the research and uh, reading about coffee together and going to the libraries and talking about it and with also that pressure because it was like really with a deadline very precise but I think it was the best way to be like really concentrated in this research and writing and sharing and living it so intensively you know so I think you can feel that when you read the book because it was a real, uh, a real intense process, and um, and so we can see that uh, you know we found out a lot of things also during the process, like a lot of uh, different stories and um, 
and yes, yeah, story, human stories or artistic stories. Yeah, that was that was how it was done. <laughs> very very quick and very intense. <laughs> It's a it's a beautiful book. I mean, it's beautifully laid out. It's you know one of those things that's going to make a wonderful Christmas present. That's that's for sure, or a present at any time of year. Um, also, you know, I wanted to ask you more about the school because this is this is more than a coffee shop. You know, it's um, or as I'm not saying you know to you. I'm just kind of saying that as to to the listeners. It's a it, it's become kind of a hub for all things coffee here in Paris, and a large part of your your culture here. And we'll talk, to Christina, to you more about the culture of the of the Cafeotech in a moment. But um, Madame Montenegro, I wanted to see if you want to talk a bit about your school and what people come here to learn. Thank you, Paige. The the school the cafeotech school is um is is about sharing you know uh, we started sharing a specialty coffee and people smiled and liked it and uh, then uh, the birth of cafeology is uh, it was the French way to taste the coffee like wine so people wanted to learn more. And uh, so many, many young people want to create a coffee shop in Taiwan, in, in Beijing, in New York, in, in Toulouse, in uh, Suisse. So we had more than 500 students already. They know how to roast. They know how to taste the coffee like wine with all its characteristics. And they... They are good baristas. So they went to the world to create their, their coffee shop, and uh, we call them cafeotechs. That's wonderful. I mean, you've almost created now this global, this global community of coffee connoisseurs and, and experts. And, and here you have focused, Christina, so much on creating what, what has become a real cultural, like a real kind of community center. Can you speak a little bit to us about that? Yes, in Cafeotech, actually, we have um, a concept of coffee that is uh, bringing, you know, the, the coffee as it was produced from the farm to the taster. So it's creating a bridge, actually, it's constructing a bridge from the coffee land to, you know, the place where people taste the coffee. Uh, and all these coffee lands have also a great cultural, a great, uh, you know, creation um, in, in, art, in the artistic sense of the word, you know, and uh, as well as, uh, you know, they produce great coffee. Uh, they have great singers, musicians, artists, like plastic artists, and, uh, and, and food. And so we became little by little a cultural center for the coffee countries. And uh, we have organized different uh, seasons for coffees, for coffee countries, actually, uh, with concerts, uh, art exhibitions, uh, meals, and, of course, coffee tastings and also uh, conferences about coffee in those countries. So it's also getting to know better these countries and as well as we don't mix or blend the coffees, we also want to show the culture, the real culture of those communities or those those countries, and in Paris we have so many different nationalities that we can, and we have the UNESCO too. So 
we have always been connected with uh, you know those institutions and the community of the country in France and we're very lucky to be here because Paris is the center of the art of the world and so we we have very good quality artists that have been produced here and we also have a lot of artists French artists or American or from all the nationalities we are neighbors of Cité uh, des Arts which is a art resi- uh, an art residency and in two days so on Wednesday we have a coffee sketch up so actually it's like sketching like live sketching in the coffee shop and it will be like all the afternoon of sketching um so it's also like integrating the art in the life of the coffee shop like it has always been like that actually in the the 18th century it was already like that so um it's it's uh, keeping this this spirit <laughs> alive <laughs> I love that. I love how you're drawing from the history of the cafes here in Paris and bringing it straight into the modern contemporary times and then also infusing it with your own culture. You know, one of the things that, I mean, just that comes to my mind as you're talking about the, the coffee countries. I mean, you come from a coffee country and you were the ambassador here for your country here in France. How, how do you not become more attached to wanting to source coffee from Guatemala like how do you how do you remain sort of you know unbiased to the other coffee producing countries <laughs> well that's a tough question <laughs> because when I was uh, ambassador I wanted to uh, to reimburse the the economic economic balance so I wanted to to sell more and more coffees from Guatemala and then when I when I told people Guatemalan coffees are the best, people laughed at me and say, oh, you say that because you're Guatemalan. <laughs> so I wanted to prove it. And uh, so uh, Guatemala has a lot, uh, a big, big contribution to specialty coffees because it's Guatemala make a really moving of the, of the, of the producers from the, from the low uh, lands to the to the highest lands to get to 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 enhance the quality of coffee then the grains are classified by altitude and that's the good way to classify beans and um, but then i started tasting coffees from uh, ethiopia wow Roses in my cup, you know, <laughs> and uh, and tasting coffees from so many countries, and then I started hearing them. They spoke, and they answered, "No, I have to. I I I love them all, <laughs> and now really there's no uh, preference for." One country, every country, every coffee country can produce the Don Perignon of coffee. You know, there is, uh, uh, there are five millions different productions of coffee, and in every country you can you can find the most beautiful coffee of your life. 
So there's not such a thing as uh, best coffee in the world. Well, I'm sure you probably want to weigh in on that too, Christina. And also, before we skip over it, I wanted you, if you don't mind, could you just um, illustrate, no pun intended, but uh, ju just talk a little bit more about the SketchUp because uh, it sounds like a meetup, but but around sketching. So maybe you could just explain that a little bit more. So um, we we've always been uh, here uh, seeing, you know, people sketching. Actually, you know, uh, there there's there has, has there has always been um, illustrator here uh, taking a cup of coffee and sketching what he sees. So I got the idea of placing actually um, the the artists in different spots of the cafe tech and so we, we we are lucky to have a lot of space and it's a bit like a labyrinth so there there are a lot of different uh, spaces in the cafe tech and so we can put someone here someone near the roaster someone in another space and another one so I clock the time of the of the artists and so the I so there are like maybe ten minutes pause or or fifteen minutes or twenty minutes, and so they they have just that time to sketch what they see, uh, and it's really interesting because we have like five different styles of the same spot. So they sketch the same spot with different styles, and so at the end we have twenty five different drawings of dif the different spaces of Cafe Tech, but it can be like a little detail or uh, someone like a customer or a barista or the space um, and it's really nice because people like all the customers also participate to that event and at the end we just hang the, the artworks and uh, we sell them hopefully <laughs> uh, and so it's a really nice event that yeah it's like institutionalizing something that is happening every day in that in, in Café Tech and in other coffee shops. <laughs> it's very cool. Very, it's very original. Very original. You know, I also wanted to ask you too a little bit more about since I, since I know you deal a lot with the the partnerships and stuff for you and your your family's business. What about this partnership with Le Notre? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? The famous pastry shop. So actually, uh, I think my mom could uh, talk more about it, but I can say we're really lucky. We're really uh, sensitive also to that new partnership. And I know that when my mom talks about coffee, uh, people fall in love with coffee. It's like, <laughs> it's like a magical, I don't know, something. And, um, and so that a chef from Le Nôtre heard about uh, our school. He came here. He actually made one of the best cocktails because we, at the end of the, of the class, people, the, the, the students make a cocktail with coffee. He made a beautiful cocktail. My, my mom can talk about it. And, um, and he was so in love with our concept, about, uh, uh, with with our coffees that he decided to integrate one of our selected and roasted coffees uh, to the most famous recipe of Le Nôtre, which is like the iconic uh, recipe, the, the opéra. And that pastry was one of the first uh, Le Nôtre created. And we're really honored to have our Chitul Tirol from the highlands of Guatemala uh, roasted by AAU, our, our special roaster for uh, Le Nôtre. <laughs> yeah. So 
It was a beautiful story. Now the producer wants uh, Lenotre to go to Guatemala and uh, help them to recall coffee, <laughs> to make the crop with them. And uh, so it's, um, it's a partnership that uh, is a love story. <laughs> we are going to sell the opera in the Café Otec very soon. And um, uh, in this process, they created a new sorbet uh, with a, a grand cru of coffee. The chef says uh, uh, there's always has been a, 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 the ice cream, the coffee ice cream with uh, coffee and milk. Now I'm creating a sorbet with a grand cru of coffee, which is absolutely delicious. Um, and also a croissant, that is a croissant of uh, coffee au lait. <laughs> Fantastic too. They, they, it's, it's in the, in the, in Le Notre, you can uh, have it every day. <laughs> so we are going to, to continue and go bigger with uh, Le Notre, we hope. Uh, they say there's uh, a long time for every step in our big house, but uh, uh, we're so in love with these new coffees that we're going to adopt for all our recipes. <laughs> Christina, you're right. Your mom has a way of talking about coffee that just makes you, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to learn more. I have to learn more. Yeah. Yeah, very inspiring. Both of you are extremely inspiring. Yeah, and congratulations on that La Noche, that L'Opera is the most famous patisserie, the French most, most famous French patisserie ever, yeah. Um, and that Café au lait croissant, oh my goodness, that's the first I've heard of that. I'm going to rush now and try one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, you know, be, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you if you would speak just a little bit too about that association. I think it was like all the way back in 2001 from, if I remember correctly, of how, you know, you and your daughter have explained to me that you kind of started in a, an association ar around coffee. And then you, then it was gradual steps before you actually opened up the Cafeotech the cafeotech can you speak a little bit to that yes yes i wanted to 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 create this uh famous cafeology <laughs> and uh, try coffee like wines but um people from coffee were a little uh close to that idea you know so i went to wine people and they say yes let's give to to coffee what we have given to wine the vocabulary the the, 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 the slow copying to appreciate it. Uh, so yes, it's a fantastic idea. So I found in wine coffee, uh, uh, in, in the, in, in the coffee from wine, you know, the, they accepted this, uh, project and they wanted to share. So we started working and then the roaster came to the association. And we have not stopped working for 17 years. We get together every month. And the 10, uh, the, the 10 first years, it was in the Procop, which was the first coffee in Paris. And, uh, and now it's in the Cafeotech because we have the roasters and we have everything here. Uh, and, uh, I, I love this association. 
we just had our assembly and we were have tried now more than 500 different coffees uh, from samples and there's a very serious um, r report of the of the tasting every month uh, so it's nice really fascinating i'm learning so much just from speaking with you you know well so i guess to to wrap up um you want to tell us a little bit more about where we can find your book i know we can come in here to the cafeotech and find it but for any listeners who might need to order it online or something can you give us a bit of a heads up there christina um, you can find it in FNAC, uh, also in FNAC.com. In Amazon, also, I think in Amazon uh, US, you can find it even, uh, maybe with a charge for the, the shipping, but it's, it's possible. You will also be able to buy it not only here, but also in our website and in different libraries in France and Paris. I know um, a friend just sent me a, a picture of uh, a book in Nature et Découverte, which is a nice shop of uh, about nature and adventure in France. So it's possible to find it there too. And um, we actually are surprised yeah, to, to, to see it in different places. So in the internet and um, yeah. <laughs> in different places in France. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love that store. Na like nature, like na nature and discovery. Natura découverte. That's a that's a great shop for Christmas too. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I buy all my presents in Natura découverte. <laughs> Perfect. We're, we're on the, we're on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength. I want to thank you very much, Madame Montenegro. Th thank you very much. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Paige. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Paris Good Food and Wine. If you'd like to support our show, you can find our Paris Food and Wine shop at parisfoodandwine.net. T-shirts, food items, and a soon-to-be-published food and wine pairing guidebook. That's parisfoodandwine.net. Up next is Lionel Pino from Terre de Café in the Marais district of Paris. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find out more about our events and food and wine pairing seminars like Perfect Pairings Food and Wine by visiting the website parisfoodandwine.net. Right, terrific. Well, any of the background noise here is coming from the bustling uh, cafe uh, well, specialty coffee shop, which is the Terre de Café on the Rue Blanc-Manteau in the heart of the Marais. You can't get any more central than this. And, and I'm sitting here speaking with uh, Lionel Pinot, who is part of the force of the sales team here at uh, Terre de Café because they've got, uh, it's much more than just a coffee shop or coffee boutique. It's a, a whole new way to approach um, putting coffee around the world <laughs> I think so so but first you're you're going to be so kind and to lay the ground the ground for us like you know set the scene for us as to how this whole coffee culture has arisen in Paris and really in like the last uh, six seven years I would imagine 
Hello. Well, it's a very new thing to have good coffee in Paris. I mean, Parisians are drinking a lot of coffee. There are many cafes in Paris and uh, people are drinking a lot of coffee, but it's, it's industrial coffee mostly. So I, I think the first places that was uh, trying to make great coffee in the, um, in the early thousands was uh, La Caféotheque. It's a, it's a small place and uh, this woman uh, was originally from uh, Guatemala and she started to uh, roast and do uh, coffee that was much better than what you can find on the market and I used to go there and I, and I liked it a lot. Then all the, the company you know now from uh, Paris, like uh, the, I would say what, the, what we call the coffee scene in Paris today, they all started almost at the same time, as I would say around 2009, 2010, 11 maybe. And uh, so Terre du Café was started in, um, in 2009 with a small boutique, one euro for an espresso. And uh, Christophe, that was in the cinema industry first, started like this uh, new, I would say, way to see the coffee. Because he saw on the internet that everything was moving on the Nordic countries, in Australia or in West America. And he said one day it will happen in France for sure, but the first year was quite difficult. And uh, it was educating people to a coffee that is much more acid than it is uh, bitter. And all these things was for him, it was a kind of a education. And it was a long time, a long period for him. And then he started to work slowly with restaurants, with uh, through internet, and and then that's how uh, the the company now is the biggest one uh, of in all the scene. You know, that's a great way to to introduce your business model because you do have a have a different business model from say, I mean, I think for a lot of I hate to say, but I think for a lot of listeners, our North American listeners, Starbucks is going to be the first thing that comes to mind. So we know Starbucks is being, a, you know, the coffee shop that you go to, you hang out, you get your homework done, you know, you study for your exams, uh, you catch up on your Instagram posts, you know, th- things like that. But now your business model is not that at all. As you mentioned, your first shop just around the corner on Rue Rambuteau is like a little closet of a, of a space even still. And, and this place now, your newer location on Blanc Manteau, just five minutes walk from there, is uh, much more spacious and much more gracious, but still not the kind of place that you're going to come and, and study or hang out for three hours. You may order a specialty 10 euro espresso, which you're going to talk to us about in a moment, the, the geisha, I think it's called, right? You'll explain that. But before, but before you explain that coffee to us, can you tell us your business model and how it is that you've, you and your team and your and the owner have have launched your business so successfully? Because as you just mentioned, you're now one of you're like the biggest now in Paris. So, what's your philosophy? What's your business model? Well, um, specialty coffee is something very new, like I was saying, and now we uh, we. I would say we had the idea um, in the early years to develop the B2B business. I mean, if you want to be a brand in Paris, you have to be seen 
in restaurant you have to be seen in uh, um, I would say on the internet and Christophe always had this idea it was not the case of all our competitors uh, some just wanted to have a coffee and be successful and uh, laugh with people this was the idea uh, Christophe and the, on the on the early year wanted to have the greatest coffee in the world but also work with restaurants and do uh, for example crazy co co uh, coffee pastries with with pastry chefs and the, his dream was much more about a universe of coffee than just a small boutique that that was the idea there. and now we have coffee like this crazy geisha you were talking about geisha is like this expensive variety originally from ethiopia but that was planted in Panama, Costa Rica. And this is crazy because we have to sell one espresso for 10 euro, but everyone would buy a glass of wine for 10 euro. There's no problem. So why not a coffee? Because it's a very, very special coffee. Where we don't really like, for example, the Blue Mountain that people know. I think it's quite classic and too expensive for what it is. But Geisha has something in the aromas that you wouldn't find in another coffee. That's the reason why we're very proud to promote it there. But of course, we don't sell it to restaurants. We, we, it's just a pleasure for people that can come to the boutique and for the baristas to, to work every day with that kind of great coffee. But we have other coffee that are less expensive, <laughs> of course. And uh, well, today uh, we are doing most of the business in B2B business. We are working with Google, we are working with uh, a big co-working place. And uh, so most of the business, I would say, is invisible today. So that's how we developed. We want the boutique to be as friendly as they were. We want our barista not to be that kind of uh, sad faces that you have in many places like this with this guy that is very proud to show that he knows coffee better than you. You're listening to Paris Good Food and Wine with me, your host, Paige Donner. Uh, we want to educate people. We want to help them to choose their machine. Uh, we want them to love coffee. And if they love coffee, they will come back and buy coffee from us. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to note how that whole this whole co-working phenomenon here, especially here in Paris, is a because it it's about as recent as this new coffee culture. So it's almost like the two evolved, co-evolved in a way. The co, you know the shared workspace and this whole coffee mania. But, you know, it's not surprising to me, though, either, because it seems like when the French take on something, whether it's chocolate or gastronomy or wine or, or coffee or tea, there's always this finesse that's added to it, this specialization, this expertise, you know, which, which, which is, you know, it's, it's wonderful. It, it, like, elevates it to an art form, which is what you've done here, obviously, at Terre de Café. So, yeah, so we were just kind of going into the whole direction of the expertise that French that French way of thinking seems to bring to different um, aspects of, of the culinary world, whether it's coffee or wine. And now one of the interesting things, too, is that your background prior to taking on this new venture was wine. So you've made some wonderful observations to me in our conversations about how there is a correlation between wine and coffee. Can you explain that to me again? Because you, you said it so well. 
Yes, there's actually a big uh, correlation between the new, what we call the new coffees, the third wave of coffee, and wine. It's um, the those new coffee. They are not industrial. Um, I would say it's not something industrial that you will burn like for more than 30 minutes, and then it will be bitter, bitter and and finally have the same taste everywhere. Today we want the coffee to be uh, identified, I would say, uh, to be the uh, the exact, uh, I would say, reflection of a region, a terroir, climate and altitude. All those things are uh, making different coffees. And what we want to keep is that kind of different coffees. We don't want to something that tastes like terre de café. No, no, we want any coffee to taste like it is or like we see it because of course we will have to to cook it like we say we say we say cook not roast. We like to say but because it's a cooking like you have in a restaurant. And every coffee that we bring we have to cook it different differently today. That's very different from what people used to do before they had a recipe and they were they were always repeating the same recipe. Today we have to watch the coffee, taste it and say this one, we're going to maybe roast it for filter or maybe we're going to roast it for espresso and maybe we'll have to to cook it a bit like more to, to uh, I would say, put down the acidity just a little bit and all this thing is like cooking. It's like you have a piece of meat and then you just thinking about what am I going to do with this? And specialty coffee is that you have what you call varieties of Arabica. Because, of course, you don't need any Robusta. Robusta is the, the, it's not the same plant. It's something that always has the same taste everywhere in the world. So it's not very interesting. And the, the noble variety is Arabica. But Arabica is like saying grape variety in general. Because the, in Arabica you have dozens of arabicas and you can plant a single variety at a certain altitude in a certain climate in a certain country and all these things give different coffees and coffee you can really like and for people that know a bit about coffee they think about brazil they think about vietnam for example that are huge producers of coffee but the altitude is not that great and you can have a better coffee in panama than you will have in Brazil, for sure, because of the altitudes. And Panama is not, doesn't have the reputation to be like a, a coffee place, but it is. Panama, Costa Rica are great uh, country for that. And you can have also in the US, in Hawaii, there are great coffee in Hawaii. And people really don't know about it. They know maybe Jamaica for the famous Blue Mountain, but uh, they don't even know that now we are going to quality and quality needs altitude and we are not going to the quantity and Brazil it, it's not a very high country it's uh, uh, I would say the mountains are like 1000 meter a little bit more and but they have uh, many places where they can do it and they do it in an industrial way and so I don't say they are not good coffee from Brazil there are a few goods but compared to the quantity Brazil now is not the main country of coffee. I would say the fascination we have, for example, ourselves from 
Ethiopia, that is the center, the place where coffee was born, is something much more interesting than Brazil. And uh, this is co- uh, uh, the Eastern Africa or the Central America. All those places, they are full of discoveries. And every year, we're trying to find the best coffees and different coffees. We want to have classic coffee for the restaurant uh, with a lot of chocolate days, with uh, body and and this kind of coffee that you would like after the dinner. And in the boutique, we keep the coffee with these amazing aromas, with fruit and flowers. Who thinks that coffee can be fruit and flowers? Yes, it can be if it's good, if, if it's uh, picked like a... Ripe, and this is this could be fruity, floral, and this opened a new a world that never had been opened before. I would say this is very, very new to have great coffee. People imagine that in the past maybe it could have happened. No, it's a very recent thing, and this is the the exact reproduction of what happened with wine. Wine was something you drink, something for a dinner or something, but the, the, I would say the older people, they used to consider wine for like a part of the meal and not something you taste and you think about. And today, coffee goes the same way. Uh, it, there are coffee for the end of the, um, of the meal and coffee for the spirit. And now coffee is a real, real thing and it's only starting. It's only starting. And I uh, don't know if you see that uh, the main coffee roaster in the US, that is Blue Bottle, that is one of the, the, of the, uh, the biggest specialty coffee, uh, would say, chain now, because it's a small chain, was just bought by Nespresso. And this means that all the industrial, they start to look at us and they start to fear a bit about the future in coffee. That's heartening. And also, I just love how you've explained that. I think it's really the first time that I've actually ever grasped that, that, that concept of terroir, which I'm so familiar with now from my French wine studies, can be applied so accurately to coffee. I had never actually made that, that leap. I had, I had not made that leap before. So thanks for opening up this world to, to me a little bit. Now, I have come in here before because this is one of the... the you know, the cult places of the, of the Marais. And I have to admit, Lionel, okay, I am not a coffee expert. And I, I tend, personally, I tend to drink more tea than coffee. But I, I, sometimes I come in here, if I ha- when I have come in here, and you have these wonderful pastries from Victor and Hugo in here too. But I love those. Um, but what, what can you say to somebody who, like me, feels a little bit intimidated when they come into a specialty coffee shop like this? Like, how can I navigate without feeling like I'm a, a complete dunce when it comes to <laughs> trying to order a cup of coffee? First of all, uh, our philosophy is to welcome people. We know that, you know, I'm coming from the wine industry and it's the same in wine. A good sommelier doesn't want to intimidate you. A good sommelier, he wants to give you the right wine, the wine that you want to have. This is sometimes a bit different in the reality because of the ego of certain sommeliers. And in coffee, the ego 
is an issue. And you have many places where people don't want to talk to you about the coffee. They don't want, there's this kind of I know and you don't know. But here, what we want is to make the people feel comfortable about, well, you don't know about coffee? Just, or you know only about industrial coffee? Or you've been to Italy before? Like a lot of people say, I've been to Italy. Yes, but it's a different thing. I mean, Italy, they know how to extract, to make a good espresso. And this is real. But the quality of the beans that they bring is, has nothing in common with what we're doing here. And here we want to, all the people to enjoy their time and drink a very good cappuccino. And, uh, or we love also filter coffee because it's not a shame to drink coffee that looks like tea. Our filter, they really look like tea. They are very clear, very uh, transparent. And people say, wow, it's not going to have any taste, this. And they taste it and they say, I wouldn't think it would be coffee. And this is fruit, this is floral, this is nothing burned, nothing bitter. And we have many people that we convert it to coffee. And uh, we are very proud of this. We, and sometimes also we convert people to drink espresso without sugar. Because they think it's better for the health. The, not, not to drink that much sugar and like we don't have bitter coffee uh, like it's a bit more acidic you don't need really sugar inside and all those things we have to be very gentle to people and sometimes we have to be very patient with people that pretend that they know and they don't know anything but we want to be kind to people and if they want any advice we will help them that's our philosophy but be careful it's not in any coffee that you will get all those things <laughs> well i think you've just got your newest convert <laughs> right here and i want to thank you again for taking your this you know your time your precious time on such a busy afternoon to talk to paris good food and wine thanks Lionel. thank you if you have an event a restaurant opening a story to tell in pictures contact us at foodwine.photography we're happy to provide you with a quote for photography services that's foodwine.photography photography. Find this and more episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, and also on iTunes. Here's wishing all our listeners a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, and anything else you and your loved ones celebrate at the end of the year. See you next in 2018. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible, and especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris Good Food and Wine on iTunes. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Paris Food Wine and like us on Facebook at Paris Food and Wine.